Well, ladies, how are you? I feel like we need a little more noise. There's a lot of you in here. We got to have a little more noise. Okay, that is so cool. Well, I am Ansley Woods, and I'm thrilled to just have each of you here with us this evening. Um, I have to say a few shout outs because, as you can see around the room, we have a lot of beautiful faces. And excuse me, one second. I'm gonna get rid of all this stuff in my hands. All right, so we have a lot of beautiful faces in this room, um, but what's really cool about God is that he brings his people together, and you guys will hear a lot at Grace and throughout the Abide community of churches that it's not about the name on the outside of this building, but it's about the capital C Church, and it's about what God is doing in the ecclesia, in this movement of his people, um, and we have a group of ladies that came up from Okeechobee, from Oakview, and we want to say hello to them. <laughs> And we have a big group of ladies from Avon Parks Lakes Baptist Church. And we have, yeah, that's so exciting. And we have a group of ladies from Bible Fellowship. And, and if I missed any of you, please know that we are just as excited that you are here as well if you are representing um, a different banner on your t-shirt, but we're all proclaiming King Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here tonight. Um, our table hostesses don't even know this, but we are going to throw an audible because you guys um, just totally surprised us with your presence this evening. Um, next time we're going to have more goodies for you. You can count on that. Um, and we're going to have, have it set up a little differently because we hope that when you come to our next quarterly gathering that you all show up just like this again because it's going to be a beautiful evening of worship and testifying to the faithfulness of King Jesus us in every season. Um, tonight's going to look a little bit different. And as you see, we have this fabulous panel of ladies. Um, you don't know them yet, but can you give them a round of applause? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Every single one of these ladies are beautiful and talented, and they serve the Lord just fiercely. Um, they are such an encouragement to me and to our church family here at Grace Bible. And we kind of want the commercial version of who you are, what you're doing, snapshot of what season of life you're in right now. Um, so just introduce yourself so they know who they're hearing from. All right. I'm Emmy. Um, I am a young, almost college grad, <laughs> uh, hopefully December, and um, single. I just have, got my own apartment, which was fun. Um, so things like that, fun, like little, um, I work here at the church and yeah. What do you so do here? Fun. I am the assimilations and groups director. So <laughs> if someone wanted to get involved with groups, a grace group, a DNA group, who should they see? Come see me and I will put you in the best DNA group you've ever been in. <laughs> so, or grace group, or if you want to get connected, if you want to come serve with us, yeah. I can get, put you on a really cool team. Very cool. We'll give it up for Emmy. Next, we have Miss Marie. Miss Marie, commercial. Tell us about yourself. All right. I am Marie Quick. I am a transplant from Indiana. I moved down here about seven years Woo. ago. Yay, Indiana. Give it up. <laughs> um, I had, my church was already picked for me by some friends that I went to church with in Indiana. The, they wintered down here the year before I did, so when they knew I was coming down, they said, this is where you're going to church. So I didn't have any, um, didn't need to do any looking around, and I am very pleased to be able to be considered in the body of Grace Bible Church. I am a grandma of four. I am 70 years old. And I still feel that God has a lot 
for me to do. So that's... Thank you, Marie. And next up, we have Miss Tina Taylor. Well, hello, ladies. Uh, so Tina Taylor, I have been at Grace Bible Church for 11 years. My husband and I have been here for 11 years. Um, he is the care pastor uh, for Grace Bible Church. Um, I am the executive director of Youth for Christ Highlands yeah. County. Um, uh, let's see. I am a mother to six. Uh, I am a grandmother slash yaya to six <laughs> grandbabies. Um, and I love to see, I love seeing what God is doing in our community with the Capital C Church. It's yeah. just phenomenal. So thank you, ladies, for showing up tonight. Thanks, Dinah. And next we have Miss Sarah Sandal. I'm Sarah Beth Sandal. Uh, my husband, Cam, and I have been here for almost five years. He's a pastor on staff here. I am a writer. I'm a part-time communications director for a nonprofit ministry out of Atlanta. Um, and I'm a homeschool mom to a unicorn and a Viking, respectively. <laughs> um, and I, too, am so thankful to be here and to see you all and to worship together tonight. Thank you. So tonight we are going to spend some time, and instead of hearing from just one of these lovely ladies, you are going to hear from every single one of these ladies about how they are seeing and experiencing the faithfulness of God in the unique season that they've been walking through. And that doesn't have to do with their age or if they're a mom or if they're a wife, but it has to do with the unique expression of the season that they're walking through, that they're seeing the faithfulness of Jesus. And I know that for some of you, when you hear that our theme this evening is to express and to testify to the faithfulness of God, you're like, yes and amen, because I have seen and I am seeing and I know how faithful my God is. But I also know that in a room this size, there are some of you, it stung a little bit when you heard that we were going to be talking about the faithfulness of God. Because your feelings are lying to you and they're telling you things like your circumstances have to do with the faithfulness of God. Or your hurt or your heartache is tethered to whether or not King Jesus is faithful. But we are here to tell you this evening that that is not the case. That we serve a God who is always faithful, who loves you dearly, who is worthy to be praised, who is worthy to be worshipped, and who can be trusted. We want to go over just a couple things before we dive into what these ladies have for us this evening. Um, but we serve a God who is fully, fully faithful and surpassingly steadfast. Um, and Moses, excuse me, in Deuteronomy 7, 9, Moses says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. You serve a God who is faithful for thousands and thousands and thousands of generations, a God who is eternal. I know that sometimes it's hard for us to grasp what real faithfulness is because we have put our trust and our hope and our faith in a person. And there's not a single person in this room or a single man or a single kiddo that can fulfill that faithfulness because they're not supposed to. Only God is truly, truly faithful. And we want to remind you of some of the promises that God keeps, the promises that we see in his word, 
that you can cling to tonight, that even if you are walking through one of these seasons that we're about to address, you can continually go back to what God's word says. The Bible is a beautiful reminder to us to remember the God who remembers us. And that's what we're gonna dive into this evening, that we can be confident of the promises because his promises are fulfilled. They were fulfilled in God's words and they are continuing to be fulfilled now. Some of those promises that are for you tonight that you can grab hold of, that you can take with you, that you can hold up against whatever that circumstance is, is that in Exodus 14, 14, we're promised that the Lord will fight for you. We are promised in Isaiah 40, 31, that God will renew your strength. We're promised in Isaiah 43, 2, that the Lord will be with you always. We're promised in Deuteronomy 31 that the Lord will never forsake you. Does anybody need to be reminded of that tonight? That the Lord will not forsake you, that he will never leave you or forsake you. We're reminded of the promise in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you, oh yes, you, that God has a plan for you. We're reminded that nothing can separate you from God's love in Romans 8, 38. That God will comfort you, he tells us in Isaiah. That your joy will be complete in Christ, we're reminded in John 15. And we're going through a series right now that's come to me, and we're reminded of God's promise that he will give us rest in Matthew eleven twenty nine. And we are thankful and reminded in Revelation that Jesus has come and is coming again. And he is faithful to his promises. And he is faithful to you even when it doesn't feel like it. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like it, right? Like sometimes our seasons are really hard and we don't know what to do with that. Or is that just me? Do you guys, you guys don't ever feel that way, right? Like, no, it's, it's really hard and God knows it's hard. And he wants you to come to the feet of the Father and tell him all about it. And we want to hear about it, what's going on with you guys, because I guarantee that these ladies are going to be able to testify that they're also going through what you're going through. Um, so let's talk about some of these seasons that you're walking through where you're seeing the faithfulness of God. And Emmy, I want to start with you, if you don't mind. Um, as you heard, Emmy is just got a new apartment, has a lot of new things going on. Um, but if you could describe, or if you had to describe in one word, what season you're currently walking through, what would it be and why? Uh, I would probably use the word transition uh, for the last, honestly, since I graduated high school, everything's been a transition. I, when I graduate in December, crossing my fingers, I'll have graduated with credits from like five different schools um, and have been in and out of every school pursuing lots of different things. Um, but also here in Florida, it's been a season of transition. I joked with Sarah Beth this summer, I said, the only thing that feels stable right now is my car because it runs. <laughs> Um, but in all reality, like everything felt chaotic and crazy. And like, I was like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what kind of job I'm going to have. I don't know if, how I'm going to pay for school. Like everything felt crazy and chaotic and transitional, but I'm someone who likes rhythm. And so I had to like cling to the promise that like Jesus knew what was going on and it was going to be for his good and his glory. Was that your natural response that you went to that truth of the gospel, that this is for my good and his glory? Or what, what's your natural response? Like, do you hide or ignore it? Or do you laugh because you don't want to cry? Or do you thrive on the change? So what's, what's your natural response to this transition and change? Um, 
simple words, chaos inside and words outside. Um, an external processor, but I freak out internally, and then that turns into me word vomiting everywhere. Um, Can anybody relate? So, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with all these thoughts, and then I just like spit all out in words, and I'm like, ah, I, ah. anyway. Um, so that's my natural reaction, and I have to remind myself that like, take a deep breath. Yes, I like control. Does anybody else like control? <laughs> yes, I like control. Yes, I like what's going on. Yes, I like rhythms. But that doesn't change, like, in the season of chaos, God's still in control. And it definitely feels crazy sometimes in whatever season. Like, if you're walking through a season of transition right now, like, any sense of control that you might think you have is an illusion. And I had to remind myself of that this summer when I was like, oh, I don't know, like, oh, I don't know. And any control I thought I had was a complete illusion to the fact that I didn't know really what was going on, but God knew, and God is faithful, and in those promises, I was like, okay, after I word vomited everywhere, okay, God's still good. Okay, it's all going to be okay because God's still good. Um, and that's hard to preach to yourself in the moments when everything feels chaotic, because I feel chaotic often, um, but I get to trust Jesus that, like, He's going to work it all out for his good. So in the moments that you feel like everything is blowing up and everything is so chaotic. Um, I think that's such a good point. So in the moments where it's so chaotic, you don't know what to do, you said you had to preach to yourself. What does, what does that mean? It kind of share with our ladies how they can use that tool and that practice. Sometimes I joke with my friends that as I'm preaching to them, I'm preaching to myself. Yeah. Um, and being one who likes to talk a lot and being one who is a verbal processor, oftentimes as I talk, I have to remind myself of those truths too. What I say to other people about who they are in Jesus, I have to preach to my heart too. And I have to say, okay, I know I'm secure in Jesus just as much as I tell my friend I'm secure and they're secure in Jesus. I know that like just because my season of life feels so chaotic, I get to trust that his love is sufficient for me in this and I might tell all my friends that but I also have to preach that to my own heart and oftentimes it's being like okay I mean know that you are loved in this moment because Jesus is who he says he is mm. know that you get to trust him because Jesus is who he says he is what about the times when you don't feel like trusting or your feelings are telling you something different are, are our feelings a good indicator of truth oh no my feelings lie to me all the time <laughs> Mine do too, and I keep trying to get them in check, and they're just, they're not, oh no. they're not getting it. I know, that, that whole chaoticness, I have to, like, I mean, bless their best heart. Um, <laughs> there have been so many times that, like, she in particular has, like, spoken truth into who I am as a person because my feelings go rampage. Mm. And in those moments, find those people who can speak truth into your life when you can't do it to yourself. Yeah. Because those are the people who know who God is too and can speak that into the crazy mess of your chaotic self or whatever's happening, the transition that might be happening, the change that might be happening that doesn't feel comfortable. It might feel way out of whack. Yeah. The people in your life, if when, you, if when you don't know how to speak it to yourself, can speak it to you as well. Yes, yeah, so that's why community, that's why being with sisters in Christ is so important. Because there are going to be times when you do have to preach to yourself. But then there are going to be times, like Emmy says, where she needs her sisters in Christ to preach to her yeah. 
like Sarah Beth did in this season of change and transition in her life, she was speaking the truth of God's word into Emmy's life. And we need that. And so if you're wondering why is community important, this is a really, really beautiful example. Community is really, really important. I would not be where I am today without community. And I can, I'm pretty sure all of us in this room can think back to the person who has reminded us most of Jesus. Mm. Because truly we get to speak Jesus into each other's lives, living in community. And we get to be like an expression of Jesus Jesus to each other. And since you all are made in the image of God, you are the closest thing that we have on this earth to who God is. Amen. Hey, Emmy, thank you so much. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Emmy, thank you for reminding us that God is constant and his promises aren't transitional, but they are constant and he can be trusted. And we need sisters to walk alongside us to remind us of the truth of God's word because our feelings aren't good truth tellers, but we know the truth teller in God's word and we can cling to that. I think that so many times when you're going through a season of transition and change, kind of the next response, um, just naturally, and maybe you guys can, can attest to this too, but naturally the next response to something changing or transitioning in your life is um, maybe asking questions of God um, or needing to be obedient to God um, or just really questioning again, what am I supposed to do? What is supposed to be next? And I know, Marie, just from the conversations that we've had, you have been in a season of questioning God's timing um, and having to just bow down to, to his time and his will and be obedient to that. And I think that we all kind of fall in a lot of different categories. So some people might be waiting on God's provisions in this room. And some people might be waiting on a longing or a desire of their heart that's unmet. But Marie, what you're waiting on is a little bit different. So can you kind of explain to us um, that waiting isn't just associated with longing, but it's more in your certain season that you're waiting in a response to Jesus. What does that mean? I am. I'm waiting for God to soften the hearts and prepare the soil of my loved ones, my family, my friends, so that I can plant seeds of the gospel in them. And I've learned that I can't rush it, I can't force it, but in my trusting of God's faithfulness, he is providing me opportunities to plant those seeds. Do you feel like you've always been good at waiting for those times? Or do you feel like, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely been one to try to force something. So have you, have you had an experience like that? Or what does that look like so that our ladies can know you're not alone in this? Like, it's, it's really hard. And Marie, you're obviously talking about people that you love dearly who, who don't know and love King Jesus. And that's hard. It is hard. Your heart breaks for them because as you, as you get older we realize that our end here on earth is coming and our happy home with Jesus is getting closer. Mm -hmm. And wanting to have your family and your friends with you there um, becomes more and more important to you. But back to what you ask about 
Um, no, I haven't always been willing to wait. I've just ended a season of taking care of my mom for 10 years. And I'm going to have to be honest with you ladies. There was many a days that I wanted to have a pity party for Marie. I was not content. I was not happy. I asked God, how much longer do I have to be in this role? Can't I have just a few minutes to myself? And, you know, it was through all of that that I learned um, something real important that God wanted to teach me. It was a time of, of him teaching me that as a Christian, you didn't wake up the day after you accepted Christ, a mature Christian. And his, our walk with God is a process. And through that process, he teaches us. He draws us near to him. He gives us opportunities to learn of his character. And during those 10 years of taking care of mom, he, these last few years that she was alive, he had one real important thing that he taught me. What was it? <laughs> Keep going, right? Well, but first, actually, can I interject for just a second? Because I think you made a really good point. You said that you don't just wake up the day after you become a believer as, as a mature Christian who understands all of the truths of, of the gospel. So do you feel like, because there are a lot of different seasons of life represented on this stage, and there's a lot of different seasons of life represented in this room. So do you feel like at a certain point you stop growing up in Christ? Absolutely not. You know, it's going to be a growing process, ladies, until we take our last breath here and our first breath with Jesus in heaven. So don't, don't ever think that you're going to get to the point where you know it all, that you've figured it all out, because that is going to be the, the prime time that God is going to give you a situation <laughs> that you did not expect, you weren't looking for, and he's going to put you right in the mess of things to figure out what he's trying to teach you. But during that time that I was taking care of my mom, a verse that kept, I don't know, it seemed like it was following me. It was 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And to give thanks in all things, for that is God's will for your life. And I wrestled and I argued with God so many times. You know, I don't feel like being thankful. What have I got to be thankful for? You know, you want me to be thankful and I'm locked up here like a prisoner. You know, and it wasn't till I finally saw the part of the verse that he wanted me to see. And he wanted me to see... Marie, this is my will for you. If you will be in my will and give thanks for all circumstances, then I am open to blessing you. So you can bring thankfulness to Jesus even if you don't feel thankful for that particular circumstance. Yes. And just to go along with that, I'd like to read to you, it's Psalm 71, verses 17 to 22. 
Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your, your might to, the, uh, to another generation and your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, oh God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, oh God, who, who is like you? There's none like him, ladies. There's none like him. You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. I will also praise you with the harp. For your faithfulness, O God, I am going to praise you. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Marie. And what a beautiful reminder that Marie just testified to, that in our seasons of waiting and being obedient, even in a circumstance that's really, really hard, that we can bring those, those real feelings to God because he's a big God. And he wants to hear all of it. He wants to hear the really, really good things. And he wants to hear the really, really hard things like, hey, I'm having a hard time feeling like I'm a prisoner in my own home. And I'm also having a hard time that I'm having those feelings because I feel guilty for feeling that way. But God says, let me show you how to be thankful in those circumstances, even when it's hard to be thankful for that particular circumstance. And I know that it's, go ahead. I just wanted to, to give you two points to take home. The first point is give God thanks in all situations, even if you don't feel like it. Yeah. By doing so, you are in God's will. And when you are in his will, you will be able to see his blessings more clearly. And number two, our God is faithful. His timing is perfect. His love for you is steadfast. You are his beloved. Hear that, ladies. You are his beloved daughters. You are his beloved. He is faithful. And he has plans that you might not like all the time. And he has waiting that feels like it's never going to stop sometimes. But he has a plan in that. And on the days that you don't feel like you can do it, like you don't feel like you can show up to that loved one who still is rejecting Jesus again, or you don't feel like you know how to love that husband well who doesn't love you well and hasn't for a really long time, or you don't know what to do with this job that feels depressing day after day after day, or you don't know what to do with the heartache and the tragedy that you are going through that you don't feel like anybody else can understand the hurt that you are feeling. God is faithful even through that. And God is saying, you know what, Ansley and Emmy and Marie and Tina and Sarah Beth, you can't do it on your own. And I made it so that you couldn't do it on your own because I am the only faithful one. And Christ in you can. Mm -hmm. 
because that's what he wants us to go back to every single time. His faithfulness is a reminder to us that we cannot and we don't have to do it on our own because we serve a God who is faithful and loving and just, who is always with us, who is unwavering, who looks at you, as Marie just said, and calls you his beloved. I think probably one of the hardest times to feel like you are beloved daughter of the king is when you do have an unmet desire of your heart or your heart has just been shattered because of a loss or a heartache that you don't know how to explain. And that can be really, really hard. But the beautiful thing of the gospel is that God promises not only that he has come and he sent his son Jesus for every single one of us, for the whosoever. There's nothing else after that. The whosoever would believe in him. That's who he came for. And that's me and that's you and that's every single person up here and that's every single person that you represent on behalf of your family. That he came and that he's coming again. And that these really hurtful places, he's going to return and all the sad things are going to come undone. In Revelation 21.4, he tells us, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And oh, what hope we have in that. But let me tell you, as believers, it's, it's hard in this day-to-day life to find hope in that real hope that we have. So Tina, as a believer, how does having hope change the way that you walk through heartache or pain? Mm, okay. So I really had to pray about the season of um, finding hope in the midst of trusting the Lord when we have significant loss. Um, I'm going to forewarn you, I'm a crier, and this is still very um, tender to my heart. Um, So in this uh, last year and a half, Um, As we all know, we've all been experiencing some level of trauma, some level of loss with the uh, pandemic out there. Uh, What things, people, you know, passing away that were kind of far off in the news hit our county um, in a very um, devastating way. This past April, our family experienced tragic loss. And no, not due to COVID, but it was very unexpected. Uh, My brother, um, 39 years old, unexpectedly um, became unconscious, and for five days, we waited and waited, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we wanted God to wake him up. Um, I can say that I know that Christ in me is how I found the strength to pray. Christ in me is how I found the strength to, ans- to be willing to hold the phone nearby throughout the night waiting on news either that he had woken up or not. I don't know how I would have survived if I didn't have Jesus. I couldn't have survived it. Um, I watched family members that don't have hope in Christ struggle in a way that 
I um, prayed for them. Um, even in that season, God gave me the patience to, I would literally pray, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, please bite my tongue, keep my mouth closed with family, family members that I needed to keep my mouth closed with, right? <laughs> Praise God. And he did that. <laughs> um, How does, if I can, if I yeah. can interject, I think a lot of times as Christians, especially in the church, um, we don't necessarily do a great job at reiterating the truth that even though we do have hope in Jesus and we can mourn with hope, that the reality of it still being sad and hard and having feelings of being mad are, are there. So what do, you, what do you do with that? Did you experience that and how did you handle that through a season of loss but still experiencing God's faithfulness? Yeah, so um, I, was, I was angry, um, very sad, <laughs> um, had all those emotions. And I'm thankful that the Lord has giving, given us those feelings, but that we're not, um, that our feelings don't dictate who he is and what his truth is. Yeah. Um, and I had to keep reminding myself that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's, it still didn't make it easy um, to be able, you know, just to get up and still feel the anger, um, the whys, because we want to ask the why. Um, I know that, it, you know, we look in, in the, the Bible and there are stories all over God's word of times where people felt um, abandoned or alone. Right. And I can tell you that I felt abandoned and alone at times. And those are things that we want to talk about, especially when you're a Christ follower, to say, oh, I feel alone. And I didn't even know that I felt alone. I have to share one story. Um, I just over the last few months, several months, um, was just really struggling, Um, just felt like I was just in this pit. And I couldn't, I, I knew what I was going through, and I just kept praying through it and everything, but I couldn't vocalize what it was. And I was at a national conference for my organization. And God sent me um, a dear friend. Her name is Molly. And Mal- Molly walked up. And I can tell you, I went into this conference feeling alone and abandoned. And God sent me Molly. We talk about the people that we need around us, the Sarah Beths of the world, the Marie's of the world, the people that we need around us, right? And God sent me this sister in Christ. And she said, hey, Tina how are you? And I put on that brave face and I said, I am good. And I was not good. Yeah. I was not good. And I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to vocalize it, but she didn't leave me there. Like the Holy Spirit used her. And she said, are you really good? Or are you just saying that? And I looked at her and I said, I'm not good. I'm not good. And I told her what had been happening and she asked me, where was Jesus in all of this? She said, Tina, where is Jesus in all of this? And I knew the answer. I said, well, right there with me. And she said, but is that how you feel? And I told her, no. No, I feel alone. And I think a lot of us can, can attest to that. We've been in seasons where we have felt alone. But as Christ followers, we don't have to stay there. And so what does that look like, Tina? What does it look like when you get to that place of feeling alone and grieving a loss and a tragedy of that magnitude? 
where are you seeing the faithfulness of God? And, and is it an overnight thing or is this a process? <laughs> It's definitely a process. You take it one day at a time. I love the way that the Holy Spirit works because I was just sitting here in awe of how God is working through this time that we're talking because none of us shared really what scriptures we were going to use, but yet here it is. Um, some of the wording that we've said about finding that you know, spiritual sister or somebody to come alongside you. And I can tell you that like that's how God works. So when we look at like stories in the Bible, we're reminded of, you know, Hagar and Ishmael where, you know, they, they were out in the wilderness and they felt alone. Um, and we look at Mary and Martha when Lazarus died and how they felt like when Jesus showed up and it was like, he's already dead. Um, we look at in Ruth, how Naomi felt when she lost her sons and her husband. We look at all these stories of like people that felt alone, but yet God was with them. And I know that like to trust, here's, here's what trust means. It means to believe in the real reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of something. So I had to remind myself in his reliability, yeah. his truth, no matter what it looked like with my eyes when I yeah. saw my brother every day, not wake up, not get better, his ability, because it's not mine, and his strength. Now, it's all in his, not mine. And I think that that releases us from the burden that we have to fix something or we have to do something or, you know, trusting in him means that you believe what he says about himself in his word, yeah. you know. And so some of the things, um, I want to read this Bible verse um, to you, um, Psalm 56, 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That's him. That's our heavenly father. Um, so some things that I want to leave with you is that when things feel difficult or hopeless, more than you can handle, our Heavenly Father doesn't ask you to just keep your feelings to yourself. And you know what? He pried that out of me so that I could call it, bring it out. He could bring it out to the surface so that the healing process could begin. And I can tell you it is a process because I'm not where I need to be. But let me give you the four things that I feel um, just in my time of like prayer and research and things like that of what are essential. Prayer. Prayer is essential. You know, getting up every morning and telling God exactly how I feel. I am angry. I am sad. I am confused. I don't understand what's going on here. Why isn't he waking up? He's okay with that. He's not bothered by that. Going to his word where the truth is, the time and time again where he says, do not be anxious. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Like, I am with you, even in the midst of that situation share your sorrows with your community, right? Your spiritual sisters in Christ. Those that even when you don't want to share, like well, I did not want anyone to know how sad and alone I was. Yeah. I walked in with a brave face and God said, it's time to share. Find a trusted woman that is in Christ, right? Keywords yeah. in Christ. They are pursuing Jesus' heart. They're pursuing the Lord. And that's who you want to share. 
and then look for ways. This is what's so beautiful about the way that the Lord has lined it up, is find ways to be thankful. That even when it didn't look good, I can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because this is your plan. So rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, (laughs) giving thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances, even in the circumstances of loss. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, for us. Amen. Tana, thank you for sharing your heart and for the reminder that he is faithful and he is good even when it's hard and even when we're sad or mad. And we go back to the truth that Emmy said that sometimes she had to preach the gospel to herself and she needed to have those sisters in Christ preach that to her. And we go back to Marie and being reminded that it's hard to be obedient, but he's a big God and he wants to hear exactly how you feel. And that Marie might not be able to do it all the time, but Christ in her can. And then we're reminded with Tina that it's really, really hard when we walk through really, really hard things. But we have to remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel. But what happens, Sarah Beth, when we know the truth of the gospel? And what happens when you don't feel like preaching it to yourself anymore? Or what happens when... Choosing to trust the truth that you know is true is really, really hard. So, Sarah Beth, before we dive into that, how would you describe the season that you are walking through and seeing the faithfulness of God in this season? I'm in a season of having to learn how to walk the talk. Um, I've most recently come out of season, come out of a season of feeling like I was having to fight to believe God. Um, he felt very silent for several years. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the silence of God. I want God to respond to me. And as I have been slowly being restored to a sense of his presence, I've had a strong impression that I need to act like what I say I believe about God. I need to act like it's true. Um, I am, I'm very thinky. I'm Mm -hmm. not feely. Um, which is not to say that I have a cold black heart. I am a very warm and compassionate person. Um, but in our home, um, my husband is the feeler and I am the thinker. And what this means with my spiritual life is that I do a lot of thinking and not always a lot of obeying because I'm thinking about it. Um, and I have been faced with the reality that a lot of my theology is theory um, and that God wants me to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. And so I'm in this season of learning how to trust his capacity and his faithfulness for what he's called me to do, not just what he has called me to believe. Um, So specific to that, if I can interject. Always interject. When when we are facing up to having to believe that God is faithful in our waiting, in our loss, in our seasons of transition, in our seasons of having to be obedient, when we're, when we're facing up to that, what do we do with it? I think we have to fight to bring our unbelief to Jesus. Mm. So it's okay as Christ followers to have unbelief? Um, I have it. I hope it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> those gospels give us a, a story of a man who looked at the face of human Jesus and struggled to believe what he said was true and gave us a model for how to pray in that unbelief. And I, 
I wrestle with that. And it seems unrealistic or unfair, having had the gift of growing up in a Christian home and in the church, that I would struggle to believe what God says is true. But I face an onslaught of doubt all the time. And I have to fight to bring that into the presence of Jesus and ask him to correct my contrary thinking, ask him to correct. And the song of my life feels like it is, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. And I have to bring that to him and ask him to speak to that. Um, his kindness leads me to repentance when I get it wrong, right? Yeah. He's not waiting to go, mm, she messed up again. She forgot my faithfulness again. She forgot that I am trustworthy again. He is kind to correct me and to draw me into um, a compassionate fellowship with him. And so I think we have to be fighters who are willing to bring our human experience to the foot of King Jesus, our heartache, our waiting, our chaotic transitions. We have to um, bring them to him and ask him for his word on them and then listen for what his response is, listen for how he wants to speak into the unbelief and the things that we are wrestling with on a regular basis. So expand on that just a little bit. So what do you do when you come to a place of wondering how you're going to believe God in this specific season that you're walking through? So not only do you have to come to him and you have to listen, but then what? Like, do I sit in that? What, What do I do with that? What are you doing with that when you're having a hard time believing the truths? I think each of these women have spoken very poignantly to some of the things that we do and receive from being in community, um, trusting the Holy Spirit to speak through others, rejoicing and praying because it is God's will for us. And I want, maybe we can draw our attention to the fact that none of these women recommended that we deny our humanity or that we deny our human experience, our emotional experience in that. This is, it's like the whole kit and caboodle. When was the last time someone said kit and caboodle to you? Like we bring the whole kit and caboodle to Jesus. I hope you hashtag that later. (laughs) What? I hope you hashtag that later. hashtag it. Women's gathering, kit and caboodle. Um, So, okay, I'm very earnest. We have to bring our experiences to Jesus. And I don't mean this in like a let go and let God, like, bumper sticker kind of way. I think there are probably unique individuals or unique seasons where you can bring your fill in the blank to Jesus and he he may miraculously take it. There may be people who have that experience with God from time to time or a season where you've brought something painful or full of longing to the king and he's like, I got that for you. But I don't think that is by and large our experience. I don't think we wake up one day and we're like, man, I let go and let God. And now I'm no longer anxious or sad or burdened or scared or whatever it is. I think it's um, working that out with the Lord in an ongoing way. So it is prayer. It is trusting the life of Christ and other people to speak truth to me. Um, I love that you brought up Mary and Martha look at this, y'all. We didn't even know that we were talking about the same things. And then we pulled up. So um, when we're coming to Jesus and asking him to help us sort out what is truth from what is lie, one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite women is Martha. And I know I'm not supposed to have a Martha busyness and I'm supposed to have a merry heart in a Martha world kind of thing. But let me talk to you about Martha. My counselor pointed this out to me a few years ago and he you know, took me to the gospels and we read the story of Mary and Martha and they are preparing for Jesus in the house and Martha's like getting all the stuff done and Mary is sitting and listening. And Martha feels irritated and she feels agitated and did, she did not repress her emotions. 
she was not passive aggressive. I mean, we don't have record. She was not passive aggressive with her sister. She didn't slam the pots around in the kitchen. She walked to Jesus and told him her problem. She brought her humanity and said, I have an issue with this. And he kindly said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and frustrated about so many things. One thing is important. Mary has chosen this part. His kindness led Martha to repentance. Yeah. And when her brother died, when Lazarus, who was Jesus' friend, this is not a stranger, Jesus' friends with Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, Jesus stays put for a few days. Like, Jesus, who has the power to heal people, doesn't come and heal Lazarus. And so, when their brother dies and Mary and Martha are grieving, Jesus finally drags his feet into town. Mary, we're told in the gospel, stays home, and Martha goes out to meet him. And she's like, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that anything you ask will be done for you. Like, she brings what she is thinking and feeling and wrestling with right to human Jesus. I can't imagine what that would have been like to be able to bring what I'm thinking and feeling to human Jesus. And she trusted him enough to be, that, like, to be her human self in front of him. And she believed that he would tell her what was true in response and he did. He wept with Mary, and he corrected Martha. Yeah. Sometimes I need correction. But I so appreciate this example that we have of a woman in the scriptures who took herself to Jesus. And I'm reading between the lines here. She gave him what for. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to her yeah. and spoke truth to her. And that's what we need. It's going to look different on all of us, right? Like mm-hmm. how I bring my stuff to Jesus looks different from how you're going to bring your stuff to Jesus. But when we come to him believing that he can correct and repair and transform and that he listens compassionately for us, that he is faithful to respond to us, I think we stand a chance of being able to walk forward in belief um, and to lay down our unbelief in exchange for hoping in the one true God who is always faithful. Yeah, amen. Praise God. And we want to give you time to do just that tonight, to reflect on that, because you have heard some of the seasons that these ladies are walking through and how they are being obedient and seeing the faithfulness of God in those seasons. And you might be able to connect perfectly with one of them that was represented, but you might be going through something totally different. But we want to remind you that God is faithful, and he is worthy of your praise, and he is worthy of your worship. And we want to spend some time bringing that thing before King Jesus, bringing your season, your unique season, whatever it is. It might be good. It might be hard. It might be sad. It might be really joyful and exciting. But we're going to bring that season before King Jesus. And Sarah Beth, can you read to us um, Colossians 1? 1 through 12, because we're going to use that as we go into this time of prayer. And Abby and Natalie, do you guys go ahead and and mind coming up here? And table hosts, you guys are kind and gracious, and we are going off script a little bit tonight. But thank you for being kind and gracious. So, Sarah, will you read for us? Yeah, so we're going to go into a time of prayer. I'm going to read this passage to you. Um, from the first chapter of Colossians. And one of the things I want you to keep in mind is that the people Paul was writing to um, were facing false teaching. They were facing lies about who Jesus really was. 
And aren't we sometimes too, we are facing the lie that God will not be faithful to us, that God will not be compassionate to us, that he will not listen, that he will not come through. And in this first chapter, Paul is praying for the believers at Colossae, and he's asking for specific things, for God to do specific things in their lives. So we're going to use this passage as a jumping off point for our own personal prayer and worship before the Lord before we go into worshiping together. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, I'm, I'm reading in Colossians 1. Um, And if you just want to listen, allow the word of God to wash over you, you may do that as well. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As you come before this faithful God, you might need him to do a work in you of bearing good fruit as you wait on him. You might need to ask him to increase your knowledge of his faithfulness, of his compassion, of his truth telling. You may need to ask him to work steadfastness and patience in you as you wait on the faithful God to knock down a door, to barrel through a mountain, to move in your life. You might need to ask, how do I joyously give thanks to God the Father when I do not feel like I can do that right now? As we go into a time of prayer, ask the Lord to work in you to believe his faithfulness over your life, whatever the season is. And then we'll join together again in worship in just a few minutes. I'm going to pray over you as we start. God, your faithfulness is the hope that we have, that you will not forsaken us. Because you are faithful, we can believe your word when it says that you draw near to us when we draw near to you. Because you are faithful, we can believe that you will never change. Because you are faithful, we can believe that you are always working all things for our good and for your glory. Because you are faithful when your word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither height, nor depth, nor waiting, nor heartache, nor chaos, nor longing. We can believe that that's true because you are faithful and unchanging. 
And so we trust you. We make a confession, a choice together to rejoice in this season. Not because we feel like it, but because it is your will for us to rejoice and to give thanks. Teach us how to do that. We ask your Holy Spirit to work and change hearts so that we might believe, help our unbelief, God. We thank you and praise you for your faithfulness. And it is the name of King Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ladies, will you take some time to bow your hearts before King Jesus? To take this time to close your eyes, to stand up, to get on the floor. However, you need to come into the presence of Jesus and to pray about the specific season that you are walking in to be reminded that he is faithful. Let's take some time to pray.